0: Thank you for listening to Sermon Podcasts from the Anglican Church, Noosa. During our Summer Chill series, we are looking at some classic psalms. And this sermon is looking at Psalm 121, and the preacher is Linda Johnson. Well, good morning, everyone. Great to see you this morning. Uh, Psalm 121 is a good one, isn't it? But I've got to ask you, um, what is it about mountains? Is it just me that is mesmerised? You know, the grandeur is just incredible, isn't it? The beauty, the awe-inspiring, almost innate power that mountains seem to exude. Is it just me that is impacted by that? Um, Let's indulge ourselves for just a couple of minutes. These are all places that over the years we've been and, uh, you know, it's. I love looking back at these again and being in awe. What is it about mountains? The Himalayas. A little closer to home. unique. What is it about mountains? Last week we looked at Psalm 100 or a portion of Psalm 119 and we noted that it was an acrostic psalm and I would probably describe it as an acrostic psalm on steroids. Uh, Well Psalm 121 is quite different, it's short, it's only eight verses but it's part of a longer series of psalms called the Songs of Ascent. So immediately following Psalm 119, going from Psalm 120 through to Psalm 134, so that's 15, a block of 15 psalms, all have the title Song of Ascents. And it's thought that as a group... These psalms were sung by people walking up to Jerusalem for the festivals, pilgrims on a journey. The walk to Jerusalem included many hills, rocky hills. Uh, These are just some of the mountains that you would see in Judea, near Jerusalem. Dangerous place. Awesome in its own right, but dangerous. And between, I don't know whether you can actually see that that's two hills, and between those two hills particularly is the path that you have to navigate to get to Jerusalem from Jericho. So a song of ascent refers to upward travel. It's ascent, going up. And the Bible regularly describes people as going up to Jerusalem, No matter where they've started from. It's always going up to Jerusalem. It may be because of the Temple Mount uh, that was in Jerusalem, which was where people were headed. So what do we find in this particular song of ascents? Well, I think we find three things. We find human despair, but then comes the Lord's power, Which brings stability and security. Human despair is a universal experience, isn't it? We all have experienced despair. We know what it is like to be threatened, or to be afraid, or to be scared by a person or an event, to feel hopeless, to feel helpless. The gift of these songs of ascent is that they are for a group of people doing life together, despairing together, traveling together, suffering together, worshiping together so that they can remember the truth and remind each other. I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? Now, the high places were always where other gods were worshipped. When the Israelites disobeyed God and went the way of the surrounding nations, worshipping other gods with them, those altars were on the high places. And I think this plea for help is also a great sign of knowing where real help comes from. Does it come from Baal or those other gods that are worshipped there? No, my help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. The Israelites certainly knew insecurity, didn't they? They still know insecurity. Each year they traveled to Jerusalem, many of them on foot, for one of the three major feasts. Jesus himself made the trip many times, walking or riding Uh, More than 90 miles each way. And the road was dangerous and uncertain. And these 15 songs of ascent helped them on the way. They brought their despair to the Lord together. A lot of the greatest fears in life don't come from what we can see, do they? They come from what we can't see from the next unpredictable disaster, from the nameless thief that might break in while we're away or while we're asleep, from the disease that could strike someone we love at any time. You can sense the insecurity in the opening line. I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? We don't know what was in the mind of the writer, but knowing that the worship of other gods so often happened in the hills is a good starting point for these people of faith to declare the distinction, the difference that there is between Yahweh and all the other gods. Their help doesn't come from the hills. It comes from the one who made the hills, the God who is behind everything. Did you notice that those, in those first two verses... It's written in the first person. If you've got your Bible open, it's good good to have, have a look. Those first two verses are in the first person. I lift up my eyes. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord. That personal despair is very real. How might I escape the dangers? Well, in verse 2, we find the answer, because the Lord is the maker of heaven and earth. And the psalm turns from being in the first person to the second person. It's as if this is a question and answer time. Maybe this song of ascents was sung antiphonally. One person raises the question, or a group of people sing the first part and raise the question, and then... Another group or another person answers. And so they get to encourage one another. And in the answers, we see the Lord's power, which is my second point. Whatever threat might come, whatever danger there may be on the journey, we are in a world where the Lord is supreme. In these next verses, we find a Hebrew word used six times. The word is shamar. And it's either translated watches over or keeps. Just have a look at how many times it's there. The dangers might not be known, but the Lord's power will be seen. He watches over you. He watches over Israel. A second time we read, he watches over you. He will watch over your life. The Lord will keep you. He will watch over your coming and going. Six times. And six times the Lord's power brings stability with security. He won't let your foot slip. Or, in an older translation which may be familiar, he says, He will not let your foot be moved. This is a great image of stability, especially when walking through rocky mountains. If your foot slipped, you're in trouble. Great potential for disaster. So to know that the Lord won't let your foot slip is of great comfort. That great overarching security in the Lord is certain. In fact, he will not only not let your foot slip, but he won't nod off at other times either. He won't slumber. In fact, he won't slumber or sleep. He's watching over all Israel. Do you remember the incredible scene in 1 Kings 18 when Elijah is on Mount Carmel with all the prophets of Baal? Do you remember that story? It's a great one. If not, read it at home, 1 Kings 18. And he is challenging them to see which God has the greater power. And the prophets of Baal keep calling on him to come and show his power and nothing happens. For hours and hours and hours, nothing happens. And Elijah gets a bit cheeky. He says to them, shout louder. Maybe he's asleep or gone to the toilet. He knew full well that Baal is a false god. In fact, is no god at all, but only an idol made with human hands. But when Elijah called on the one and only God... Guess what? He answered in great power. He who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. Verse 3, he watches over you. Verse 4, he watches over Israel. Verse 5, he watches over you. Verse 7, the Lord will keep you and watch over you. Verse 8, the Lord will watch over you. So what other stabilities and securities does the Lord bring? Well, he provides shade at your right hand. Makes me think of the story of Jonah. Do you remember? At the very end of the book of Jonah, when he's finally obeyed God and gone to Nineveh and preached and perished the thought the Ninevites all repented and God forgave them, he was angry. That's why he went the other way. He said, oh, Ninevites, I'm not going there. And he said to God, I told you you'd do it and you did it he's really cross but God provides shade he provided a tree which gave Jonah some shelter and a bit of time to think God provides shade to shelter from the elements here in Psalm 121 it's so that the sun won't harm you by day nor the moon by night now we know that the moon doesn't do anything to us we know that now but the sun was scorching. You don't need to worry about what might happen in the daytime. You don't need to worry about what might happen in the nighttime. Stability in day and night brings security. This is quite profound. Because in the ancient world, where the other nations worshipped false gods, it was believed that they descended to the underworld at night, weren't around. But by contrast, we have a constant Lord who is always there and doesn't slumber sleep. The other powerful thing which brings security is the Lord's protection from harm. He is watching over your life. And the last verse is particularly appropriate in this context of journeying to Jerusalem. The Lord will watch over your coming and your going. You're coming and you're going, not just now, but forever. Journeying is covered. The Apostle Paul reminds us of similar truths that we have in Christ Jesus. Because if we are gods, if we belong to him, then nothing can ultimately harm us. Because nothing... The Apostle Paul says, neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor anything that threatens you can separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus. He tells us that at the end of Romans chapter eight. If God is your keeper, he is your shade on your right hand, meaning no one is nearer to you than the one who keeps you. There was a great quote from a study Bible I read this week which said, Yahweh is not just a hideout, but a bodyguard. Isn't that great? He's not just somewhere you go to escape danger, He stays with you <laughs> as you go into danger. It's a great thing. It's not just an escape. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. Now that might be a bit hard to stomach in this day and age, is it? We need to ask the question, is this psalm just idealistic claptrap? How can the Bible say that the Lord keeps us all from evil when there seems to be so much evil around us and it impacts us? Evil that is our own and evil from others. Derek Kidner, in his commentary, compares this with Jesus' promise to his disciples. In Luke 21, where he says, You will be delivered up even by parents and brothers and relatives and friends, and some of you will be put to death, but not a hair of your head will perish. What does that mean? How can someone be put to death and yet not a hair of their head perish? Jesus says, do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. can and will harm us in this life, but it can only do so much harm. What is ultimate will not be hurt. And the evil one can certainly make life miserable and even dangerous, but the truth is that his leash is short and eternity is long. Even though our bodies, our relationships, our feelings are painfully vulnerable for now, we can know that our souls are perfectly and perpetually safe. He will keep your life. Psalm 121 verse 7. He will keep your life, the life that matters most, the most satisfying and meaningful life the one that lasts forever. Jesus prayed in John 17 and continues to pray for our keeping, which is the word that's used in Psalm 121. He prays, I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world, and I'm coming to you, Holy Father. Keep them. In your name, he says. We have an inheritance which is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading that God is keeping for us. And God is keeping you for it. Wherever he calls us to go, however hard the journey feels, fears emerge along the way, hear him say, the Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. Human despair. Lord's power. Instability with security. The Anglican Church Nusa is an evangelical Anglican church on the northern end of the Sunshine Coast queensland australia our vision is living to love and proclaim jesus our core values are being christ-centered bible-based spirit-led and mission-shaped if you have found this sermon helpful and would like to contribute to the ongoing ministry of acn please go to our website anglicanchurchnusa.org forward slash giving thank you for listening